Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 306. I'm your host, Blaine Putvey, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Treg Wilson. Hello. Matt, Wilson, uh, Matt Smith is unavailable to us uh, as he is in Moncton, and his uh, internet is on Steam Power. Although he did go to a couple of the World Junior Games there in Moncton. He did. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, he got and, in there. Had to, he had to crank talking. his he had to he had to crank his car up though to get there because they only have the crankcase Model T Fords. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Which which means he's the rich guy in the neighborhood because everybody yeah. else is on horseback. That's right. So it is Dubrovnik. Good for him. Good for him. They have a paved road now. <laughs> really. It's a Trans Canada Highway, so it's not really theirs. It's a federal road, but uh, but that's what we're talking about in this episode. We're going to talk about the World Juniors. Treg and I have been covering the World Juniors in person in Halifax, going to all the games, talking to the players. So we're going to talk a little bit about the quarterfinals that we just finished watching. And we'll talk a little bit about what we expect to see in the semis. So quarterfinals on the Moncton side, uh, the United States decimated Germany. It's kind of a, it was familiar to watch. I mean, it's like world war two all over again. It completely destroyed them. Yeah. But USA started at, came in at the first, they didn't show up like in the third period when it was almost over. Fair, fair. So they they started from the start. Um, to me, watch drubbing. Yeah, yeah, but to me, after the United States, the second period, it almost like Germany gave up after the United States scored their fifth goal. Uh, nothing against the Germany team, but uh, it really did look like, I mean, the wind was under their sails, and they just went through the motions through the rest of the game. Um, that's what it seemed like to me. It's not a surprise that the United States beat Germany. That was no surprise at all. Maybe the 11-1 drubbing was a bit surprised, but I think it was more, uh, it was 3 nothing after the first, uh, but the second, the United States just opened the floodgates, and I think it was more um, Germany was just kind of like, all right, we're done. We're not, we're not coming back. I mean, the shots after the first period were 11-2, to 
And uh, I don't think Germany had much. I don't think they only had like 13 or 14 shots the entire game. If that uh, 14, I believe. Yeah. I'd, yeah, I'd have to go. 14. I'd have to go look it up, but um, uh, I'll bring it up right now. Summary. Yeah. So yes. it, the five goal second period completely des- yeah. it just, it, it, it ended the game. Yeah. So, I mean, but it was, uh, I think the fifth goal where you could see a change on the Germany bench of, okay, this game's yeah, over. They were completely, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, the shoulder slump. And yeah. They, they just weren't in it anymore. They just wanted the game to end. Yeah. So it was 14 shots. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, it's a big comeback for the USA. And I say comeback because they started the tournament off with a loss to Slovakia, just like Canada lost to Czech Republic or Czechia, whichever way you want to say it. And, uh, uh, yeah, so it's good for them to uh, finally get that talent together, and because it's a very talented U.S. team, and uh, yeah. and make it to the semifinals, who they will play a team Canada. that won a nail biter. Um, they'll play Canada, and uh, Canada defeated Slovakia in probably one of the best non-gold medal games I've seen at the World Junior Championship. Before we talk about that game, I want to talk about the other Moncton. Oh, sorry. Okay, sure, sure. Finland and Sweden, we'll another keep, good game. Keep the best for last. Come on now. Yeah. Okay. The Finland-Sweden game. That one there, Finland dominated uh, possession for, I'd say, about 50 minutes out of the 60. They were in control of the game. They they had a they had a lead. They were up the, they were up one nothing early. Leo Carlson took over, decided, you know what? I'm going to take this puck to the net. And he got one of the four shots in the first period, but he scored. So a one, one after one, like, okay, this is going to, this is going to end soon because Finland took it back to them. And this whole second period, just push, push, push. But Lindbaum kept them in the game. No goals allowed. Third period, Finland scores again. Oh, they're up two one. They're in control of the game. But then for some reason, then somehow Sweden Carlson scores again. And then they're, sh- then they're shorthanded in the last minute and a half of the game against Finland. And somehow Finland lets up a shorthanded goal with a minute left. That is not how you expect to see Sweden take the win, but they did. Finland dominated the game, but Sweden's the one that's moving on. Yeah, Sweden, Lindbaum. If it's if it's not the Slovak goalie, Lindbaum's going to be the goalie of the tournament. Um, he's been playing an excellent, except for the game against Canada, he's played an excellent uh, tournament so far. And, and I'd uh, argue that game was not on him. No, I, I'm not saying, but he did let. I mean, five goals is five goals. It's not on him. The yeah. defense, Mon- Montreal, Canada just uh, dominated Sweden in that game. Uh, they were just all Canadians with an A, not an E. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Connor Bedard, um, you know, got four points in that, four of the five points in that, not four of the five goals, but four points out of five goals. Um, and yeah, so, but uh, yeah, Lindbaum's been play- Lindbaum has, has had an excellent uh, a tournament. Sweden has 16 returning, 16 NHL drafted players on the team. Plus they have Carlson, who's probably going to go top five. Um, yeah. Uh, especially after this tournament. Um, 
So, you know, they have a stacked team as well. Um, and Finland, actually, Finland was, I thought Finland was going to do a lot better. I thought Finland was going to be a team that's going to be playing for a medal. Um, but they had to, like I say, that, that, that was Finland's game to lose, and they found a way to lose it. Yeah. And after the Canadian game, uh, Canada-Sweden game, I talked to uh, Philip Eistedt and asked him about the upcoming rivalry game against Finland. And he said, other than taking a win against Canada, which would be a feather in the cap, he said, the game against Finland is always the game for the Swedes. That is the rivalry. Beating Finland means more to them than beating Canada. And I would say the vice versa for Finland over Sweden. Um, But uh, as we know, Sweden is the Toronto Maple Leafs of the World Junior Hockey Championships. So we'll see. uh, see They made a second round. Well, true. Uh, But they always seem to be, uh, you know, a contender for gold and they never seem to win it. Um, So we'll see how it goes because they will play Canada next in the uh no they won't they'll play sweden will play canada's us they'll play uh check yeah who uh defeated so actually dominated the swiss team which shocked me because i thought switzerland had an excellent tournament the only reason they finished fourth in the standings is because they won all their three games in overtime so they lost three points Right off the bat, because in World Juniors, it's three points for a win, two points for an overtime win, one point for an overtime loss. So they were two, one, and one. Oh, two, one, and one. I guess it's how the thing would go. And uh, they ended up with uh, seven points. And if they would have won their three games in regular, they would have won the they would have won the group. So. And also, prior to the tournament, uh, in one of the prelim games, they beat Chechia in one of those prelim games. Yeah, they did. They did. Yep. And uh, Sweden was, they were a surprise team, but I wouldn't say they were the surprise team, but uh, you know, Switzerland always played hard in the world juniors, but they never really got anywhere. Uh, And this year they were winning games. It's just, unfortunately they were winning games in overtime and losing that one point that would have helped them put them up far in the group. So they got, uh, uh, Czech, uh, Czechia or Czech Republic again, whatever way you want to say it. And, uh, they, uh, yeah, Czechia was just too strong for them. is another team that, uh, played oh, a hell of a machine. Tournament. They're a machine. Their defense is just phenomenal. Uh, their goaltender is great. Uh, the goaltender actually Shunam, uh, Shutner, Shutner, is that how you say his name? Anyway, he broke the record. I'm going to this pronounce year. it for you here in a moment. Suchanik. Suchanik, that's it. I was not even close. But uh, uh, he broke the record for most points by a goaltender at the World Junior Championship with four assists. So far. So far. He's, he's so, going uh, to break Connor Bedard's yeah. record, I swear to God. <laughs> so prior to the tournament, I had Chechia as one of my dark horses because everybody has you know the, the main four as a medal favorite. With Russia gone, it's Finland, Sweden, Canada right off the top mm-hmm. right um the US is in there as well so those four automatic everyone talks about them as a gold medal favorite but i had chechia as my dark horse 
they come into the tournament, they beat the crap out of Canada the first game. Um, they're a possession team like Canada. They're big, they're fast. Their goaltending is very, very solid. Uh, Suchanik has played excellent. Like he's he's scoring points, and it, it has a lot to do with the fact that he is an active goaltender in handling the puck behind the net, kind of like Carey Price. He it plays as a third defenseman back there. And talking to uh, Yurisek for the Chechens, he he's praising that uh, that as part of the reason why their defense is so strong. That and the fact that. All of these defensemen that are playing together for this team right now have played together at every level from U16 and up. So they know each other. They know their tendencies. They have that chemistry. So that that's a massive, massive advantage. Uh, yeah, for sure. Like uh, to me, the dark, my dark horse was Slovakia. We'll get to that in a minute, but uh, I mean, you have the top four, Finland, USA, Sweden, and Canada. Uh, unfortunately, Finland, one of either Finland or Sweden, wasn't going to make it to the medal round or to the medals, regardless. Um, but uh, this uh, Tetsuya team, I'm telling you, they're uh, they could they could go all the way. They, they're that strong, especially in their own end. Uh, I believe it's them that have the defend the lead the league or the the tournament and goals by defensemen uh, with yes. ten. Um, and it's, they just play as a, like, I was talking to the, uh, to, uh, Yerichek and he, I said, how do you explain? He goes, we just played, there's five defenders and there's five off offenders is what he said. So I don't know what, what crimes they're committing. I think he meant offense, <laughs> offensive players. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what crimes they're committing, but, uh, um, so crimes against me, hockey humanity and, and me being a lacrosse guy, I get that because that's how lacrosse does it. Five defenders, five, four, five forwards. And uh, the way they do it is say, they say, we just, when you're in the defensive zone, everyone has a man, everyone has a duty. And we just, you know, that's what we do. Offensive zone, same thing. And they're getting their offense off. The defense is, is propelling the offense. And that's what uh, is, is having them win games. And they easily handled the Swiss. The Swiss, they bullied the Swiss. They simply bullied them. They used their body. They, yeah, it, it was, was it was men against boys in that game. Yeah, and uh, when I talked to the uh, Swiss captain there from the Mooseheads, uh, Biaka, is that his name, Biaka? Biaska. Biaska? Yeah. Yeah, Biaska. He just said, like, yeah, we uh, – you know, we that was the wrong time for us to have our worst game in this tournament. And I don't think it was that the Swiss played their worst game. I just don't think Chechen never allowed them to have – they had no passing lanes. They had no shooting lanes. They had nothing. So Chechen did not give them an inch of ice um, no. to do anything. They had and absolutely they, no time or space to make a play. None. They had 13 shots on that, and that was it. I believe they scored one goal. Uh, they scored actually they did score they scored the first goal of the tournament within the first 30 seconds of the game and first uh, shot on net first shot on net and then right after that it's almost like Chechia said all right well that's enough of that and then uh <laughs> honestly it was just like oh shit these guys came to play all right all right boys time to uh time to tighten up the skates and after that they bullied them like it was it was a it was a uh skinny little nerdy kid in the schoolyard with the big ass bully that can actually fight. And, uh, and it wasn't just during play either face in the face off circle. 
in all three zones, uh, the che- uh, the Chechens were above 60% yeah. throughout the it, game. It, it wasn't even, there was no stat in that game that Swiss had any, was any anywhere close to what Chechen did. They just dominated that, Chechen dominated the game, dominated it. Yeah, even penalty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and uh, I will say, uh, for the first time in this tournament, I seen someone do the Stutzel, and he got the penalty for it. So uh, I was hoping that uh, two minutes for Stutzling. Yeah, I was hoping they would say two minutes for Stutzling, but they didn't. They said embellishment. But no, but it, it was that was mentioned up in the press box. It was. I might have said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, that was uh, uh, it. Just goes to show how strong the Chechia team is this year, this season, and we're going to get into it too. And uh, how strong both teams from that region were in this tournament, actually. So, well, and that's a good segue. Let's go right yeah. into the Canada Slovakia game. Um, like you said earlier, probably one of the most exciting quarterfinal games either one of us have ever seen. Yeah, I, I think I'd have to go back to two thousand and seven. The shootout with Taves and Price, I believe that was a quarterfinal game that uh, that was pretty exciting as well. Uh, I think Price stopped every shot he faced, and then Taves scored the winning goal. Price I, was letting I in a few remember. goals, sure, but he made the save when it counted. In my head, Price stopped every shot, so let's just leave it with that. I'll tell my grandchildren probably tomorrow that Price stopped every shot. <laughs> But but the Canada-Slovakia game, that before the game started, uh, I was looking at what to expect. And the keys to the game, uh, ne- Simon Nemec mentioned uh, to me that shutting down Bedard using physicality was the goal for him personally. Um, for the rest of the defense, it was to play that transition game, get the, get offense off the rush. And for Dvorsky and Meshar to kind of lead the way offensively. And Slovakia did pretty much all of those things to a degree. Yeah. Well, I was, after the game, I was talking to Bedard and uh, brought up the, the physicality, like how do you, you know, yeah how Chechia came out and said, we're going to be physical on Bedard. That's how we, we keep him off his game. And Bedard just said back, he goes, I'm okay with that. I've been hit before. You know, I mean, I can be hit again. Um, I mean, I'll, I just, I've grown in love with this kid since the, uh, since the start of this tournament. Um, just talking to him. I mean, not only in interviews, but just chatting with him in the, in the media area when they're standing around waiting to get an interview. This guy is, uh, he's just a humble down to earth, kid who who if you watch him on the ice he does have a little bit of an attitude on the ice i kind of like it that little fucking cheat uh, scratch thing yeah, that he did I, that was I, hilarious i kind of like it um he knows what type of player he is but he's not uh he doesn't have the ego for it with it and anyway getting back no, to slovakia no. uh getting back to slovakia slovakia did pretty much now they got down two nothing and then they got down three one but they stormed, but they didn't give up. I mean, the shots were two to one. Oh, Canada shot them something like 55 to 27 or something like that. Uh, let me take a look here. I got the shots um, here. Um, ooh, uh, Canada had. Canada took 57 shots 
Yeah. And Slovakia had 27 shots. Yeah. I, I knew it was like, and that's, that's including the overtime. So, Oh, by the way, this game went to overtime. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure everyone's seen it. Cause it's, you know, it was, uh, but uh, the way, and I'll tell you right now, Massar with that pass from behind the net. Yeah. Uh, I was at the second goal, the tying goal, I believe it was the second goal. Um, take a look here it was the... i don't have i don't have my laptop with my i i hf stuff on it but it was the second goal yeah it was the second oh, no, goal. The first a... goal it was the tying goal sorry it was it the, tying the tying goal, goal? Oh, what a beautiful yeah. pass that was um he he deked to go to the other side the defenseman left him and he just came back around and just Basically, he deked to the uh, left side to draw the defenseman in, went around to the other side to the open man in the slot. And just what a beautiful play. Um, I talked to Messer afterwards. Um, I mean, we can get to that to later, but he, he just went on about how proud he was of the players of the team. And and uh, so, anyway, we'll, we'll get to that later. But the, and it, that tied the game up, the game, which I did mention early. I mentioned it on Twitter. I said, if Canada does not pull away in this game, because Slovakia is playing sneaky good, they're going to be in trouble. And they were. They were in trouble. That was a – and then we went to the three-on-three overtime, and I'm telling you, Milik, the goalie. Now, I don't think Canada's goalies have been that great in this tournament, but he came up with two huge saves in that overtime, uh, one off his pad and one off his glove right after each other. Yep. And that right there is pretty much what kept, I mean, it, it was amazing. Like, good for him. Um, you know, they needed strong gold team. Uh, Williams, the coach of Canada, praised Milik for, for his play. I thought he played okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he made good points. He, he made the saves when he needed to, and that's exactly what he did. So, uh uh, he did have a little him. bit of help in the third period, making saves when uh, when Tyson Hines made yes. two saves for him. Yeah, he did. He was out of position. Tyson Hines got in the and and I think one went off his hiney, one went off his butt, the other went off his leg. But uh, um, he did have help. Uh, yeah. But in that overtime, those two saves were huge, just huge. Well, you saw the face of the uh, Slovak who made the shot and yeah. the rebound. Yeah. He was dejected. Yeah. You look at the bench and they they thought they had the game won. They were yeah. celebrating as he was shooting. And then they just, the, the shoulders yeah. slumped. And that's when Canada, at that point, turned things around and started going back at them. Yeah. Also, there, there, was a, there, there was a point in that overtime. Canada did have, I mean, don't get me wrong, uh, the goalie for yeah. Swiss uh, Golak or Golik or whatever, you, however you say his name, uh, Gorik. Gijan. Search with a G. What? John. Good John. G A G J A N. Okay, sure. He was amazing. He was amazing through this entire game. Like he, how he didn't win player of the game at the end, I have no idea. But uh, he was simply amazing. Um, and he was wiped out afterwards. He was leaning yeah. against the freaking railing. <laughs> Just exhausted after yeah. that game. Um, but through most of that overtime, Slovak had possession of the puck. Like uh, Canada kind of had it at the start, had a few good plays. I think they hit a post. Uh, 
Um, yeah. According to the crowd, every right. time Shane Wright. Yeah, every time Bedard had the puck, the crowd went wild because they had just assumed he was going to score, like some people who asked questions afterwards. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and that wasn't me that asked that question, by the way. I'm just throwing it out there. Was uh, <laughs> um, me but, um, but, uh, but then Slo- uh, Slovak for a while, they're controlled to play in that overtime. They, they had more... Uh, chances than than Canada did, and Canada held their own. Like it, there were... and then of course, and then the inevitable happened, and uh, Bedard went through everyone and uh, scored the goal. And Canada wins in overtime. Now, I did mention that he should have did a Michigan to win the game because that would have been epic. And when I asked him, when I said that to him in the in the press area, I said, "But I said, Connor, you should have went for the Michigan on that." He said that would have been epic, and I was like, "Great minds think alike." But uh, don't think they're allowed to do that anymore. So, <laughs> no Michigan. <laughs> but I I think the the turning point for Canada was those three saves in the third period. Um, yep. Slovakia was push, 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 push. Uh, Milich made the first save, Hines made the next two, and then Williams shortened his bench. He went to two lines, the Bedard line and the right line. You did not see any of the other players out there except, you know, in spot duty to give the guys a little bit more of a break because they were just go, go, go. And in the overtime, he was putting Bedard out for a minute. And then take him off for 30 seconds, back for a minute, 30 yeah. seconds. Williams he, said because, during, during the interview yeah. after that Bedard was going to win out every second shift, whether, oh, and yeah. he, he was asking to go out. It wasn't, you know, it was kind of like, oh, I'm going out. Like, you're not, you're not stopping yeah. me. So why would he, he goes, so why would I? <laughs> I mean, the entire offense for Canada has relied on Bedard so far. And I think that's also part of the Achilles heel of this team is that they rely that, too much on him. Well, uh, I wrote an article not too long ago about three things Canada needs to fix going into this round, and one of its secondary scoring. Um, all yeah. the offense has, I mean, 32 points from Bedard. Um, even in this game, of the four goals scored, Bedard was in on three of them. So you shut down Bedard, you shut down Canada. Is the next, the next uh, player in scoring in this tournament is I think he's uh, 10 points behind him or 11 points now. And that's Stankoven, who's the center on his line. So if you shut down that line, you're shutting down 90% of Canada's offense. Well, I mean, Canada has a a defensive issues, goaltending issues, but I think they're relying on their offense to counteract their defense and goaltending. And if you shut down their offense, Bedard. Bedard. And I mean, Slovakia had the right, uh, had the right attack. Take Bedard out, keep him off the score sheet. We're going to win the game. They tried. And they tried and they almost did it. But he only got, he only got three points in that game. He's well, aggressive. James Duffy brought this up and it's a fact. Connor Bedard has been regressing every game in this tournament. It's true. After the first, well, minus the first game, because they only had one point in the first game. Yeah. Yeah. But seven points game two, six points game three, four points game four, 
And only three points game five. Regression. Regression. So, Bedard's a bust. <laughs> Already. <laughs> Absolutely not. Whoever's picking first should just let him go. Yeah. Let him go until the vote. He's, he's going to drop in the draft to about 11th, and Montreal will pick him up on their Florida pick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> After Philly says no. After Philly passes on him for a defenseman. <laughs> And keep in mind, too, that uh, Bedard had that one bad shift where um, he, he didn't quite get into position defensively cr- properly. So, scouts, if you're listening, you know, don't perfect. pick this guy. Yeah. He, he had a bad the, shift. Is, is that the one where he slid across the ice after they scored? And he was kind of just he, – he went down to, to the slide block and he kind of just kept sliding? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. You, you mean the one where he was kind of cross-checked and fell down? That one yeah, there? I, yeah, I think it was the second goal they scored where they they no, it's the second goal they scored where the defenseman was back. He was trying to be the second guy back. It was a two on one, and yeah. he kind of and he kind of went like this to slide down, yeah. and and he just kind of kept going. <laughs> See, one bad shift, terrible. Don't don't terrible. draft him. Put him on the do not draft list. I went back would have would have stopped that in his two minutes of ice time. Hey, I'll I'll, I'll put it to you this way: He got in the day before. There was no practice. There was no, basically it was a sit down with him and Williams about what they're doing and how they're doing it. And Williams didn't want, you know, I will say this. Canada was what? 33% in the defensive zone for faceoffs. Before the first period, overtime. by the end of the game, they were at 40%. Right. So, and, and this was, bef- was that including overtime? Because they won a few in yes. overtime, so I'll give them. Because Stankov is at like eighty-three percent or something on face-off this in this tournament. Um, Beck is the best face-off guy. The and all I saw on Twitter from everybody was Owen oh, Beck would have won that draw. Owen oh, Beck, I get it, I get it, but I also understand why Williams had him as the thirteenth forward and didn't give him as much ice. I, I do believe he could have had him out for face-offs and just taken him right off again once they won the draw. But I'm not the coach. No. So when you're, when you're telling me on Twitter that they should have him out there and blah, and going on about why do you, I just, I'm just putting on Twitter what's happening. I don't coach the team. <laughs> now that might change come semifinal time because today they had a full practice. They, yes. they were on the ice for a solid hour. Uh, they went pretty hard. Uh, Beck was uh, taking draws. So it, it might be a different story come semifinal time against the States. And looking to that game, the U.S. isn't quite as strong as you'd expect them to be. But this is Canada-U.S. It's a rivalry. Um, the American goaltender, it, he didn't quite have the best. He, he was He was a little off in that last game. So I'm wondering how the U S responds because they have to travel. They're traveling from Moncton to Halifax today. Uh, so there's no practice carriage. for them. There's only horse and carriage in Moncton. So they don't actually get a bus until they hit the Nova Scotia border. That's true. That's true. So um, there's no practice for them today. They're going to have a game day skate tomorrow. Maybe. So I'm wondering how tired they're going to be and how their defense is going to deal with the Canadian offense because they don't have the size on the blue line that they would need to offset the Canadians, but they have it all up front. 
Well, the United States decided they would go with more of an offensive-minded defense, and I think that's a bit of their issue. They don't really have a lot of defensive defensemen, I guess I would say. Like, they have Hughes, they have uh, uh, Lane Hudson, they have – who's the other guy? Anyway, Hudson. Hughes and Lane – yeah, it's Hudson and Hughes are their are their top offensive guys. But even their like they don't really have that mix of stay at home offense type thing. It's more offense, offense, offense. Uh, Logan Cooley's getting hot at the right time. He's been playing very well the last few games. Yeah. Um, uh, Snuggard or whatever you say his name, he's been playing well. Snuggerud. Snuggerud, but uh, and Red Savage, uh, Brian Savage's son, by the way. Um, He's been playing well, but unlike Canada, their offense is spread out a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if their defense can sustain a line like Bedard, Waugh, and uh, Stankoven. Because, again, Stankoven's winning over 80% of his draws. Uh, Connor Bedard's Connor Bedard. And Josh, Joshua Waugh has it's not, it's not, uh, according to Williams, he, he, when he put uh, Stankoven Wall with Bedard, he thought that was the best matchup for Bedard. Wall frees up the ice, Stankoven wins the draws, and, uh, you know, and it showed because even though he only played one game with Wright, he only had one point. And since playing with Wall and Stankoven, he broke Lindner Russ's record. So those two players are. Those two players are also highly skilled offensively, mm-hmm. so they can play off of what Bedard creates as well. Yeah, and they open the ice for him, and they get him up. But if you really look at it, Bedard's not scoring every goal. He's He's got – well, he only has seven, eight goals, and the rest are all assists. So yeah. Bust. Yeah, but the problem is, is when he's on the ice, you pretty much have two defenders on him, so there's always one guy open. And uh, he he's such a good passer that he just finds that open guy, and lo and behold, it's one nothing Canada. So I think the United States is going to have a hard time with that line, unlike Slovakia, which I think handled that line as best as it could. Um, and I just want to say about Massar, uh, Philip Massar. He uh, said at the end of the game, you know, so he's so proud of his team and and what they accomplished and what they did. And he said, uh, what they need to do is look back on this five years from now, and they're going to look at this as one of probably one of the greatest games they have played um, as a group. And he said, the coach told them before the game, this is what the NHL is going to look like when you play against Canada. And he goes to almost beat a, a, a team full of NHL stars. I mean, you can't, you can't really hang your head for that. And uh, just the, uh, the emotion and the uh, humbleness and respect that Massar brought out. Um, I think that's good on him. Yeah. You can tell that the, uh, the Slovaks took that game to heart because they, they were heartbroken. Some were crying from, because they, they felt they had the game in their hands. Yeah. With that last, yeah. that last uh, chance in overtime and then they lost it. But I, I'm going to give uh a lot of credit to the fa- the Slovakian fans that came to Halifax. There was a small contingent up in the corner in the upper bo- in the upper bowl who were loud. They were banging drums. They were cheering on their boys. And the Slovakian players know this. They went over to that end of the ice after the game. 
They were saluting the their uh, their fan base, their their fans, their family that all came out to watch them. And I want to give credit to the fans in Halifax because a lot of them stayed after Canada left and gave the Slovakian team a standing ovation. And and rightfully so. That was a, a hard fought game from Slovakia. I mean, I know a lot of people thought Canada was gonna. I mean, we even predicted a 5-3 score, really, with an empty net for Canada. We didn't think it was going to be a blow, but a lot of people thought this was going to be like the, you know, like the like the Swedish game, 5-1, you know, 6, something like that, and and it wasn't. I mean, when Canada went up 2-0, uh, then, then Slovakia scored, Canada went up 3-1. Watching the game, you were still like, Canada got to get another one in here, or this is going to be closer than, you know what I mean? They have, you know, you wanted, they had to go. And uh, Williams brought that up in the thing. He goes, we couldn't get that, that, that breakaway goal. We couldn't get that, you know, um, insurance goal, extra insurance goal when we needed it. And that's what helped Slovakia come back in that game. So he even said they knew they had to go up by three, four goals in order to, feel more safe about this game and they just couldn't do it because Slovakia just played a strong, strong game. Yeah. And now back to the semis, just to finish off the show. Um, it's, it's tough to make a, a prediction in the semifinals. I'll start with the, um, the first semifinal and that's the Swedes and the, uh, the Czechs. I fully expect Czechia to win that game. They're they're a they're a, they're a wagon right now. I think they're going to win. I don't think it's going to be that close. I think it'll be a closer game. I don't think it's going to be eleven to nothing. I no, think it'll I, be more of a five to two, six to three. Say, I was going to say four one, just because Limba- like Limbaum's a good goalie. Uh, but if if Chechia plays the way they did against Swiss, Sweden doesn't have a chance. Or throughout the entire tournament. Yeah. Keep in mind, too, this is a revenge game for Chechia because they lost in overtime to Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think uh, I think Chechia is going to come out. Nothing against Sweden. I just, from seeing this Chechia game team through this whole tournament, they're just... They're just that much better. They're just that much better. And, uh, I mean, if Sweden wins, good for them. But I see Chechia winning this... Like four one. Yeah. I don't even see it being a. When I say close, I don't see it being like ooh, you know, back and forth. I think Chech is just gonna control the game and go up three nothing. Sweden scores, and then that's the end of the game. That's that's the way I look at it. So yeah, and with with the Canada U.S. semifinal, I'm expecting something similar to what we saw with the Slovakian game. Really, really close. Really physical. Uh, nail biter type of game one goal game that's what i'm expecting i i I think canada will take it and it'll be kind of a revenge from uh the americans taking it from canada in halifax in 2003 i uh i think it's going to be close but i think canada's going to i think it's going to be more like a 5-2 game for canada only because i don't see the u.s defense shutting down the bedard line I just don't see them doing it. Well, I don't Not, think they'll be muted. They won't be as muted as they were against Slovakia. No, but I, I no, they won't. But I, I just don't, and I, I, I don't find the U.S. goaltending that strong. Um, 
I think it's going to come down to which of the weaker goaltenders, Canada or U.S., has a stronger game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that save at the end in overtime for Milic might help him with his confidence a little bit because you could tell there was a couple times he was fighting the puck in that game. Yeah. So pulling off a massive save, two massive saves on rebounds is that. I mean, how can he not go into the next game feeling good about himself? I mean, we were, it's funny about that because we were just talking up in the press box about how the Canada goaltending is not that strong. Then he comes up with these big saves and we're like, okay, maybe we were wrong. We take that back. Oh, okay. So this, <laughs> so that's the key. Millish sucks. He can't stop a beach ball. Uh, <laughs> we're, 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 we're reverse jinxing him. Yeah. He is horrible, yeah. horrible, horrible. I don't my, know. What, my... His parents disowned him. You know, the whole thing, yeah. they, they has, he has to take his last name out because his, his dad <laughs> is too embarrassed to have him on the family. Yeah. Michael Stevens and I were <laughs> talking talking about it up there and saying, oh, well, Canada only has an 875 save percentage. You know what I mean? Even with a shutout and their goaltending is that we're talking about how Canada always picks a 20, the best 20 year olds, not necessarily the best goaltenders in the, in the, in the CHL. And all of a sudden he makes those, it was, I think it was the three saves he made in the third period. Uh, right. One, two, one hit his chest, one hit his pat and two hit his pad. And then we're like, Oh, maybe we'll, and then the overtime saves happen. We're like, yeah, we're going to have to take that all back. Yeah. We were wrong. Yeah, but, uh, um, but I, I think that's what politics always picks the best teams. Yeah. Uh, but I will say this, just wrapping that up. Uh, it's going to come down to which goalie plays better. I think that's, what's going to win the game. Yeah, no, I, I can't argue that. Uh, the- that's kind of why I feel like it's going to be such a close game. Could be, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a blow by any means, but no, I think Canada has the better offense, and I think that's what's going to. And I think USA has the weaker defense. I think the goaltenders are a wash. It's pretty much everything's pretty much equal, but the but Canada has Connor Bedard, who's just exactly. that much better than the others. Yeah, you, you have the Connor Bedard effect. The CDE, yeah. not not the oil, but the the player. <laughs> it's CBD. Yeah, well, it's whatever. CBE. I'm not a this, drug. This one's guy. a different kind of drug. I know. Sorry, Habs and Dabs. I'm not a drug guy. So. <laughs> All right, so that's that's pretty much it. Um, we want to thank everyone for listening. We are going to keep providing you all the coverage of the World Juniors uh, until the very end. Be sure to follow us. Uh, check out our work at the Hockey Writers. And um, remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.